Hi everyone, welcome to SAMA, a program which invites an expert each week to discuss a topic from their area of expertise. This week we're delighted to have Christine of CPM as our guest expert to teach us how to rejuvenate our mind, body and souls. Are you tired of feeling anxious, stressed, overwhelmed or lost? Well, I am. <laughs> Are you feeling like you're constantly swimming against the tide? The mind is such a powerful tool that you can transform your health either in a positive or a negative way using your mind. Don't let your past negative programming determine your outlook on life. Christine can help you take your power back and achieve your goals and dreams. Christine is a gifted spiritual counsellor, hypnotherapist, and the best-selling author of Living Through Choice, Transform Fears to Love. Isn't that wonderful? As a certified life coach and clinical hypnotherapist for close to a decade, are you really that old? Away. No way. <laughs> She's been working with Grammy-winning award-winning artists, actors, models, and many others who are ready to transform their lives. Christine will give you hope, love, and healing on all levels. Physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Welcome to our show, Christine. It's fantastic to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, what got you first interested in hypnotherapy, and what what made you decide to become a life coach? Sure. Well, it wasn't that I was interested. It's just that it was divine guidance that I got into hypnotherapy because up until. But over 10 years ago, I was in accounting and um, my life was just deteriorating because of my emotions. So my mind was truly, um, truly just in a sense, if I could call it destroying my body because I was just so miserable and so unfulfilled with life. And so wow. in around 2009, I basically hit rock bottom when uh, one of my doctors told me that if I continued on that path, I would not survive longer than two years because it was becoming very physical, my emotional state. Yes. Um, and so I just, honestly, it took me about three to six months to truly wake up to that reality and realize that I had to make, make a change. And so hypnotherapy really was not even a part of any of my plans ever right. because coming from the culture I come from, uh, we don't believe in therapy, uh, yet alone hypnotherapy. So it was wow. more divine guidance that uh, divine intervention, because even at the time that I came across through a vivid dream about hypnotherapy, I was studying for the CPA exam to become a CPA. But uh, one night I just had a very vivid dream and I looked at myself and I was wearing a white coat and I had a golden badge. And I just said, I remember, I know who I am. I remember who I am. And I woke up that morning and actually typed in, Googled in hypnotherapy. And I looked at the word and I was amazed. I'd never heard of that therapeutic, you know, kind of path. And, but I just, I was in such a, space of surrender and desperation i just followed the guidance and it got me to where i am today by diet you're talking about not not only things that you're eating but your overall diet as in things your spirit is fueling off and it's got this so you so your body was almost like in self-destruct mode at that time 10 years ago yeah. yes Yes, my right arm, I was diagnosed with nerve damage in my right arm because I was using 
my hands, of course, to type when I was doing accounting and more so my right because I was using the 10 key a lot. And so I was diagnosed with nerve damage and the doctors wanted to open my arm up in four different places to um, help with that. But even then they said there are no guarantees that it would help. And two days before the surgery, it was, again, I feel it was through divine intervention that I just said no to that surgery. And I'm grateful I never did that because once I transformed my life and I made the change, it just reversed itself. Now my hand works perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It's the power of the mind. It can create and destroy. Right. Um, from what you described, the mind has got an incredibly powerful role, not just in thoughts, but in physical, in our physical realm as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think many people would would realize this they'll be thinking well if it's physical it's born from a physical source rather than from the mind yeah and um how can people then turn things around so that they might so they're not so self-destructive what sort of what sort of things can they do so The first step would be really understanding that we do have a choice. And that is why I really titled my book, Living Through Choice, realizing that we do have a choice to make a change. We do have a choice if we choose to be in fear or in love. And because we have a choice, it's about really understanding how the mind works in the first place and understanding that our willpower is on the conscious level, but our conscious mind is only 12% of our mind power, while our subconscious is 88% of our mind power. And so understanding that anything, and I describe it in, in the simplest ways, like a computer, that our mind, in order for us to make a change, just like a computer, you can't just delete the shortcuts from the desktop and expect the changes to be permanent, right? You must really go into the hard drive, into the core of the computer to delete, whether it's a software you don't want or information you don't want, whatever it is, you need to delete it from, or to make a change or edit it from the core for the changes to come. And that is why hypnotherapy works in such powerful ways because it's, it's healing the individual from the core, from a subconscious level, which is where the programming really is. All the as the ego, the left brain logic would label it good or bad, positive or negative, is all on a subconscious level. Christine, when you um, got ill, how did, how did you, why did you think that it was sourced from the brain? Why did you think that hypnotherapy would help? Did you have a hypnotherapy session and see the results at that time? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I did not know that it was mine that was doing that to my body until that intervention, that dream, and I realized, uh, okay, I'm going to read about this, I'm going to teach myself whatever I can, and then I found actually the school that I went to, HMI, I found a therapist that went to that school, and I made a promise to myself, I said, okay, I'm going to go and have hypnotherapy, and if it helps me, I'm a believer, and within two or three sessions, I was a completely different individual, and within two months I started my program with hypnotherapy and masters in psychology. So I started with both schools at the same time. I didn't even want to, you know, waste any additional time. I just, it was just this knowing, this deep inner knowing that I was on the right path. 
Ah, okay. So, um, is there a phys talking just on the physical sense? How can thoughts and feelings affect our physical health on a physical level? Well, of course they do because mind and body are connected, yes. and whatever the mind feels and experiences, the body just absorbs and responds to. Just even when people, so many people, whether in Los Angeles or any part of the world, talk about anxiety, as I always say, the difference between anxiety and excitement is not much of a difference. <laughs> just the difference is the symptoms are the same. The difference is what energy the vib or vibration the word carries. No one ever says, yay, I'm having anxiety, but everybody can say, yay, I'm excited, correct? And so <laughs> perception has a lot to do with how the body responds. And so if we're stuck in the negative, our body just follows what the mind is telling it, and it just feels what the mind feels. But if we're in the positive, then again, the body follows with. So labeling and shifting perceptions is one of the key ways to really achieve happiness, is to shift the perception from the negative to a positive. So why do, what do you think the root causes are for people feeling anxious, stressed, overwhelmed or lost uh well of course the ego has its ways of constantly keeping us in fight and flight mode right right and so it constantly creates drama and negativity but in taking control of that and knowing that we do have power we do have the ability because after all we are spiritual beings having a human experience and not the other way around ego is simply the human part of us and it's only just simply the logic the conscious the 12 percent and if we give our power to that then we lose control and if we and so many people so many of my clients come to me and say i feel like i'm out of control and the what we tell ourselves is what the mind will believe there is no reality nor fiction the mind believes whatever you tell it and if you keep repeating the same, whether it's negative, it will be negative. If it's positive, it'll be positive. And through the law of attraction, what we give to the universe is what we're going to get in return. It's not going to change. And so they really, the practice of continuously, as I always tell my clients, don't try to shut the ego down. Don't try to shut it up. Tame it with love. That's the best way to really do it through repetition and through really taming the ego with love. We're able to achieve success. And how does hypnotherapy help in this regard? So hypnotherapy helps because in a hypnotic state, of course, we tap beyond, we go beyond the beta mind, which is the logic, the ego and the chatter that is going 100 miles an hour yeah. and we tap deeper into the subconscious, which is the alpha, theta, and delta levels. And many times I'm asked the question, you know, can I get stuck in hypnosis? I'm like, do you get stuck going to sleep or waking up? Every single night and every single morning, we go through that process of at night, we bypass the beta and we tap into alpha, theta, and delta levels with sleep state. And then every morning we go from delta to theta to alpha. And 
unfortunately, most people end up in the beta mind state. But once you really tap into that inner work and really transforming and shifting your perceptions, you're able to function from the alpha state, which is the rational, the peaceful, the content state of mind where you can truly make good decisions instead of irrational decisions, which is the beta. Right. So that's what hypnotherapy helps you do to tap into the subconscious mind. Because once you bypass the beta, which it takes an average study show, the average individual about 90 seconds to go into alpha state, into a hypnotic state. And the more that we meditate, the shorter that time becomes. And so once you tap into the alpha, the gates to the subconscious open. And once the gates open, your suggestibility heightens. And that's what really hypnosis is, is really tapping into that state of mind, which every night we do it anyways. It's not like the therapist is hypnotizing you. I always tell my clients, I'm not hypnotizing you. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. All I'm doing is facilitating your healing. While we may not possibly, which, you know, if you're a professional, you know how to work with these tools, you can do it for yourself, but the average person doesn't know how to do it for themselves. So the facilitator becomes that individual to help them achieve their goals. Nothing is ever done with my clients that they're not ready to do whether it's quitting smoking or losing weight or overcoming anxiety, depression, panic. I always tell my clients, this is your choice and I'm here to give you what you're ready to receive. Nothing can be forced. Nothing. People sometimes think that hypnosis is such a bad thing or it's um, you're losing control or you're giving your mind control to someone else. That's not true. You're not giving up control at all. In fact, you're gaining control of your life the reason that people think they lo you lose control is because they've all seen the shows where these people right go on the pendulums and everything <laughs> egg like animals and yeah yeah but the, that stage hypnosis that's merely for entertainment purposes hypnotherapy is not like that at all my clients get into a beautiful, comfortable, you know, recliner and I recline them and I put a blanket on them and I give them an eye mask to wear. It's kind of like a, in a sense, like a spa healing session. <laughs> That's how comfortable they are. No one ever quacks like a chicken or barks like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> but no one would want to do those things in front of a, an audience. So how can they be? coaxed into doing this if they've still got their control over their bodies yeah. and their functions so there's a uh, there's a difference so some people are way more suggestible okay. than others so the hypnotist knows exactly who they're picking that is why before they start the show they give them suggestions to see who's actually taking in those suggestions Somebody that is very left brain and logical and is continuously analyzing everything and doesn't believe <laughs> no. anything, right, yeah. is not going to experience that or is not going to be that suggestible candidate that the hypnotist would pick. In, in, instead, the hypnotist knows who to pick. They pick the highly suggestible individual that if they say, okay, in a moment, I will ask you to raise your hand and half the audience automatically raises their hand because they've been told you'll raise your hand. Those are the people that the hypnotist picks. So it's about suggestibility. The more suggestible we are, the more powerful hypnotherapy can be, the less suggestible we are. And it's not that hypnosis doesn't work on everybody. 
which every individual goes to bed every single night and goes through that process of bypassing the beta and into the subconscious. But the difference is how you give the suggestions to the individual. Do you give them literally or do you give them metaphorically? So it just depends how they function, how their mind receives information. So if hypnotherapy can be healing, then I guess sleep follows because it's a very similar to or wave patterns can also right. be healing. And, and everyone knows how necessary sleep is for health. Absolutely. For the health of the mind, even number one and the body. Absolutely. So it's a necessary thing. So that's even that alone highlights the, the importance of attitude, your, 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 um, your mental, <laughs> the, the, the way that your mind, your thoughts and everything can affect your whole body. Yeah. And we're not talking about illnesses which happen. People die if they can't get their sleep. Yeah. And there's no exceptions. So it's a necessary yeah. bodily function. Absolutely. So um, the hypnosis, uh, when you're under, you're giving suggestions to change their life. Is this at a point in time where they haven't got their, their awakened state to push away from your suggestions? Is it, is it um, very effective because your body can assimilate? Um, so every hypnotherapy session begins with the progressive. During the progressive, you're really relaxing the mind and the body. Yeah. And there comes a point where, again, within 90 seconds, that the logical brain is like, oh, I'm tired. It just, <laughs> it just checks out because it's not given attention to in fact attention is being taken away and because the mind doesn't realize reality for fiction whatever you give it is what it starts to believe and therefore you're all you're doing is taking the mind's attention from a chaotic rapid i don't know chatter space and bringing it to a more peaceful space and even if the mind transforms and moves around with the vibrations and and even if beta moments thoughts come in i always tell my clients just watch them fade away like a wave because every thought has a lifetime of about 30 seconds and so if you don't plug into the thought it like a wave it comes and goes right i think that um now i'm a very scientific person i'm probably one of these people that can't be hypnotized as in easily anyway i started meditation about a year ago and I find it so hard. The mantra, I'd, I'm the sort of person I'd even, without even wanting to, I'm trying to not do it. But I find myself analyzing this mantra. And I just, I just find it so hard. Uh, for Can everyone do it? Can, because um, meditation is very, very important to get your mind into a certain state where you... Yeah, I, I just can't do it. Can, is, it is it because I have, I'm not trying hard enough? I'm trying no, too that, hard? that's always what I tell my clients, because you're trying too hard. Mm. Meditation is not difficult. It's kind of like saying every single night I go to bed and I'm trying so hard to fall asleep. Yeah. And the harder that we try, the more resistance there is. And so it really meditation is not about trying harder and harder. In fact, it's about really letting go and surrendering. That's when you really have the most magical experiences. So 
just think of it like you're lying down to go to sleep. Do you fight yourself or do you, do you just let yourself go? Sure, just relax. Yeah, let, let things happen. Yeah. Uh huh. And meditation, there's so many, there's 23 or so you know, forms of meditation. It just depends on what type of meditation you're trying to do. All you need to really focus on achieving is a peaceful state of mind. I don't, you know, ever give my clients a meditation technique to tell them, quiet your mind completely. We are not monks. We're not in the mountains. We're not in Tibet. We're living life. Life is busy. Life is chaotic. As you were telling me before we started the recording, how how much noise there is around you. So all we really need to do is just focus on bringing our attention to something more peaceful and calming. That's it. If you close your eyes and if the one thing that really brings you peace, calmness, happiness, relaxation is let's say you have a dog or a cat is to think about your dog or cat, let it be that. I just like to simplify things. I don't believe in making it difficult because most of the time my clients are frustrated because they always hear about the fact that they need to sit in a lotus position and like a monk and have their back straight. Well, we weren't born to sit that way, right? So it's hard for us. So it becomes challenging. Next thing you know, your, your legs are falling asleep. Your back is hurting and it becomes more frustrating. I tell my clients, as long as you don't meditate in your bed the way you sleep, because then you don't want your mind to associate your rest and sleep with meditation. Otherwise, you'll just be meditating in your bed. Do it somewhere different. And all we really need to do is put some new age music on, put some, I don't know, ocean waves, bird sounds, and just close your eyes and focus on those sounds. If water sounds doesn't work, do nature sounds. If nature and water sounds don't work, then do, I don't know, new age music. There's so many different ways this can be done. And there's multiple different ways that all you need to do, even with the mantra that you said, depending on what type of mantra are you using? Because I studied Gayatri mantra and I tried so much to try to connect, even though I had the meaning of what the mantra meant, I still, it, it didn't really resonate with me. So I stopped doing it. And to me, what resonates with me more is to close my eyes and for 15, 20 minutes, just to focus on gratitude and love. It's as simple as that, just gratitude and love. And when I say love, not the earthly love that is so limited and filled with pain and rejection and people think that's love, that is not love. When I think of love, I think of that divine, pure, unconditional love or whatever our belief is, whatever we believe in, wherever that true essence of love is coming from. Yes. We can just focus on that or gratitude, the things we're grateful for, the things we're grateful to have and not have. So many of us forget that how grateful we need to be for not having certain things, which could be illnesses, this, that, that is also gratitude to not have those things, right? We always focus on, oh, if I have this, if I have that, if I get this, if I get that, but it's not about that. It's about really being grateful for all the things that we have and don't have that blesses our life. Gosh. So there's not, it's, it's a gray area, it seems, between meditation and hypnosis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? With this, with yes. this, the mind state is similar? Yes, it is. It is not, it's not similar, it's the same. 
It's just with meditation, you're doing this process for yourself with hypnotherapy, you with a professional and you've talked about the things while as an individual, and I know we're capable of making changes ourselves, but the average individual does not realize that, that they actually have that power within themselves and why hypnotherapy works and why we come in as therapists, as healers is because it just makes that individual's life a lot easier instead of them trying so hard to do it themselves. They go to a professional and the professional helps them achieve those things. So it basically makes the process easier instead of working so hard and trying to find, I mean, even when I studied hypnotherapy, much of the work that I do today, I didn't learn it in school. I just really through trial and error in the past 10 years, I've learned what works for me and all of my clients, which is why I work with different modalities and I bring in life coaching into my sessions and I bring in breath work into my sessions and I bring in emotional freedom technique into my sessions or NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. There's just so many beautiful techniques that can truly create this, this magic, this shift and change in a person's life. Yes, emotional freedom techniques. We've had um, Nick's been on. She, she was on twice actually, talking about such things. It's it's getting rid of our emotional baggage, the unwanted baggage that we all accumulate exactly. over time. Um, yeah. From childhood, much of my clients' pain it comes from childhood, and it doesn't have to be severe trauma. There's still things that as a child, because from age zero to seven, we're just sponges, we just absorb information. And by the time we're seven to around nine years old, the logical brain begins to develop and it begins to analyze everything. Right. And so during that time, during that transition in analyzing, we begin to understand right and wrong, good or bad, positive, negative. And based on that, we start to kind of put ourselves into a box. We want to fit in with everybody, which I know I did much of my life, just trying to fit in. And now I realize none of us are meant to fit in. We're all meant to really be who we're meant to be. And accept who we are and, exactly. and mold our characters to how we want yeah. to be. And I guess hypnosis, hypnotherapy gives us the power to do so. What, yeah. um, what case histories? Without names, <laughs> have you had like what? What? What other things do people come to you about? You've talked about trauma from the childhood years, but what? What? What other things do people come to you about to resolve through hypnotherapy? I mean, anxiety, depression, uh, panic, smoking, weight loss, fertility. Um, but overall, we can call it all we want. We can put these beautiful labels, which are not beautiful at all. In fact, we can put all these labels on our emotions. The bottom line is fear. And fear is of the ego. That's what causes separation. So it's fear-based. Most of our issues are fear-based. So hypnotherapy helps. Sorry. No, that's okay. It could be fear of rejection. It could be fear of success. It could be fear of failure. It could be fear of love. It could, I mean, so many layers and layers of fear. Mm. Well, that could be a tough thing to address, couldn't it? If you've got a, 
a fear of something to actually change that is is, is a yes. paradigm change especially if it's from such an, an early age it becomes it becomes you you yeah. know where, where we we own this certain trait yeah. it's just the personality but we are not our personalities right we can change it we, we can, can always change it oh and hypnotherapy makes it happen i was interested when you said it helps with um infertility or fertility you said for hypnotherapy yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. There's certainly something physical. I was, I was, I was waiting for the physical things because you had your wrist. Was it your, yes. carpal, your carpal tunnel? It was my entire arm, yes. Uh-huh. Carpal tunnel, and it was just my entire arm, and the nerve was just being pinched out of, because of stress, because of inflammation, whatever the reason was. It was just my nerves were shut in a sense, and so I couldn't even hold the pen to write. Was that because of stress levels? Yes. Absolutely. Wow. Stress, anxiety. Yep. Yeah. Stress is a silent killer. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very nasty thing, stress. It's, it's so difficult to get away from. And, and this is where I guess meditation can help a tremendous lot because meditation, I guess, zones you out of all that chaos. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's just focus on them. It raises your vibration, really. If we were to speak about hypnosis or actually the hypnotherapy that I personally do, I, I tap deeper into the energy aspect of it, not just hypnotherapy to give my clients suggestions, but to not only tap into the root of the issues, but also to understand that everything is energy. It's all energy related. And so when we're in the negative, when we're in the fear, when we're in the stress, we're vibrating lower. And by raising your vibration, you already disconnect from those negatives. So it's more so about energy and vibration shift change. So if someone's with you and they've, um, they're, they're a very nervous type of person and they're nervous because of some childhood incident, how would you, go, how would you work around that and, and remove this negative aspect in, in their lives? So truly, it's about uh, helping the client to overcome the fear, because fear is really a false evidence appearing real. And the way the logical ego brain works, it's basically continually over the years just keeps adding more story and drama to the situation. And so by really tap into the hypnotherapy and not only just hypnotherapy, because I combine my hypnotherapy sessions with life coaching. I give my clients tools and techniques to work with outside of the sessions to help them because a lot of the times fear is because of, um, you know, can fear can lead to anger. Fear can lead to unforgiveness. And so through the coaching, I'm able to help my clients to release fear. So it's a mental and emotional and spiritual. It's, it's on all levels, mind, body, and spirit work. It's not just on the mind level. So it's really tapping into and, and letting go of the story, owning the story instead of the story owning us. There's nothing worse than the feeling of not being in control. And if Absolutely. you're not in control of your emotions, yeah. where can you be in control of anything in the physical realm? Right. And the unfortunate thing is that the ego constantly tries to gain control, but instead it continues to lose control where when you're acting and living and functioning from the more of the 
alpha brainwave and state, you are more in control because you're content, you're peaceful, you're rational. I always tell my clients, don't ever make the, you know, drastic decisions from an irrational space, which is the beta mind. Always wait, take a break, take a moment, take an hour, take a week if you need to before you make that decision because no one can truly make a good positive decision from a beta mind. We can make great decisions from the alpha mind. So the beta mind is when the ego's got control, full control. <laughs> Actually out of control, yeah. yeah. Because it's in the negative, it's in the fear, it's in the panic, it's in the chaos. We can't make good decisions from that space. Right. Um, what lifestyle changes can, we, can people do to help relax their minds and their bodies? I always tell my clients the, the work that we can truly achieve is done two times in the day. We're highly suggestible in the morning and in the evening. And really the simplest thing we can do is what we introduce to our mind during those times. In doing positive exercises, positive affirmations in the morning, right when we wake up within that half hour of the suggestible state, because we're still in that, you know, theta alpha brainwave function. And right before we go to bed, when we're, you know, really starting to doze off, to never introduce negatives, no arguments, no negative TV watching, no negative or news or, or whatever else it is, or reading a scary book or watching a horror movie. Those are no-nos because then you introduce that to the mind. Instead to focus more on ending the day with positive, even if it's writing a, you know affirmation that I'm grateful today was you know, a peaceful day just really ending it on a positive note and beginning our day on a positive note as well. So those are two ways that the practice of it, it's, and it takes our mind and body about 21 to 30 days on average. So I always tell my clients, don't just do it one, two days and say, Oh, it didn't work. You need to keep at it. Right. We commit right. to so many things in our lives. Is it that difficult to commit to ourselves? And that's where we understand the importance of self-love, that we must commit to ourselves before we can commit to anything or anyone in our lives, whether it's a job we commit to, or whether it's family or children or animals or friends. How do you commit to others when you can't commit to yourself? True, true. It's very true. You have a... You have a um... A, well, I won't call them a, them a patient. A, um, a can't, I won't call them client. A, a person that's not very well <laughs> comes to see you, um, but there's, it's not necessarily something wrong with them. It's just um, they're, they're, let's say they're nervous. Okay, and how how do you put them into a hypnotic state? What are the what are the procedures that you do? Um, meaning if someone is not really in a bad space in their life, is that what you were asking? Well, I mean, if someone's coming to see you and they don't, they've got problems, but they're not sure just what the cause is, the root cause is. Right. Mm. And that's why the cognitive part of the session is spent. Uh, my first sessions are always two hours long. So we spend a good an hour and 15 minutes or so really 
tapping deeper into and when I ask my clients the questions I always listen into their belief systems because our belief systems are the intentions of how we live life yeah. and so I write them down and then I address it with them and they don't even realize it because it's so unconscious that they repeat those words those sentences those affirmations without realizing it is mostly those affirmations that are have become their belief system that can really be um I don't want to say destroying, that's a too strong of a word, but um, negatively affecting their lives. Right. It's, it's, it's quite a powerful um, skill that you're describing where you, you write down their belief system. Because if you talk the same language as them, then the focus is more on the information rather than the delivery. Right. So, so you'd be, yeah, it'll be... Um, In the state, we're able to, you know, make those changes. Right. Shifting those beliefs from the negative to a positive. Yeah. Okay. That's very interesting because if if a person was a staunch Christian, you wouldn't want to be talking too much about other things. <laughs> well, I'm born and raised Christian, so yeah. <laughs> and I'm doing this. I know, but you've you've got a very open mind, though. And, I do. And um. Now, this vision that came to you, this really intriguing. It's, it was like a spiritual guide that nudged you, just when you needed that nudge. With a lot of people, it comes through a health uh, crisis mm -hmm. where, where the attention is, you know, where, the, where, they, where their life path changes tack and it goes in a different direction. And yours came not sorry, through a crisis, but through this information that was passed, passed down to you. Yeah. A lot of people don't listen to messages like that, you know. A lot of people just all intuitive beings. We all have the ability to really tap in and and whether it's the knowing or the hearing, it just depends on which sense is dominant for you. We're always able to receive that information, all of us. The term intuition. Is, yes. a, is a phrase used to cover to cover up these messages. Oh, I just, just had an idea. Just had a thought, just yeah. feeling. Well, what is right. it? Feeling. The knowing. Yeah. <laughs> or a feeling, exactly. Or a visual or a vision. Yep. So many of my clients come out of their experience, you know, saying, oh, my God, I felt it. Or I felt a presence. Or I saw a presence. Or I heard a presence. So it's it's quite fascinating it's just raised their awareness i mean they've they've listened it might have been there all the time but they've just blocked it off through formal mm -hmm. education or upbringing or yes or, absolutely as i call it the veil has been closed <laughs> that's a very good term and there's a lot of i'd say i'd say most people be uh, would have their veils closed because if it's not physical, it's not real. Mm -hmm. That's what the ego believes, right? The ego. <laughs> yeah. So really, there's no limit to what you can achieve through hypnosis. Once you remove the ego, negate the fear, then exactly. you can wipe the whole slate clean and, and start again. 
with with your um, not so much why they clean because sometimes my clients do come to me and they say make me forget this i don't want to remember this christine i say it's not about forgetting your past experiences it's really about becoming neutral and free and cutting the emotional cords more so so that you're not no longer hostage to those memories and stories you're in control of those stories the the um when we're talking about hypnosis um one reason why i think there's a lot to it when i was a child i obviously didn't like going to the dentist and i found it quite painful but i also don't like getting i didn't see the need of having a painkiller so i'd, I'd sort of grunt through it without any painkiller even when i was about nine or so but one time before i went in i thought well i'm going to just zone out and i was too young to think of um, a name for you know, realizing what any sort of technique to use or anything, but just think about nice things. And and I could have gone through the wars and not really known it because I was in such a good spot. Is this what you, how would you describe med uh, meditation or hypnosis where you just, um, you're not in the here and now, but you probably are where you should be. <laughs> exactly. And that's a perfect example, and that is exactly what I did multiple years ago when I had to have all four of my wisdom teeth removed at once. And I recorded myself my meditation or hypnosis and I took it to the dentist's office. And as I was laying there, I put my headsets on. And as I was listening to it, I remember the, the dentist, the professional was laughing at me. He was like, oh, you can't tell me that's gonna work. And I said, you're the professional doing what you know. Let me be the professional doing what I know. And he took, you know, the all four of my wisdom teeth out. And afterwards, he gave me a list of about five painkillers and two antibiotics. And he said, in order for you to not feel the pain because it's so close to your head and brain, you need to take these meds and you need to take these antibiotics so you yeah. would heal. Yeah. And I remember I had gauze in my mouth and I pointed to the prescription and I said, mm, mm, mm. and he said, you must be crazy. You'll have infection and you won't be able to handle the pain. Well, I proved him wrong because two days later I went back and all I did was come home and meditate and trust my body that my body knows how to heal itself. Not that I'm saying anybody should do this, but this is, this was me knowing and trusting what my body's capable of doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't take the antibiotics and I didn't take a single painkiller and I had zero pain. That's the power of the mind. We are the placebo. <laughs> well, it's not a placebo if it, if it does things physical and it does and, it's, and it works. Well, the placebo is that we are. If we believe we won't have pain, we won't have pain. But we must believe it. Really believe it. Not just say, oh, I won't have pain and not believe it. Because then you will have pain. So mine was, my, my strength came from believing in what I do. And it helped me. And then two days later, everything was healed. And my, even my dentist was like shocked. How did it heal so quickly two days later? Maybe because I the, trust my body. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe, well, I'd say that the pain signals from the nerves in your teeth, or the teeth that weren't there, <laughs> around yeah. they would be firing towards your brain. But your brain would have held its hand up and said, no, I'm not listening. I'm... <laughs> Like a, like a, like a parent. There are many individuals in the world that they cannot have general anesthesia, so they have surgeries with hypnosis. Wow. 
possible. It well, is very possible. Wow, I mean, it's to another level, but um, mm -hmm. well, if the whatever you can think, you can do. Even childbirth, absolutely. Even childbirth. You can have childbirth in a more positive, loving way instead of the pain and or, you know, epidurals or any of that. Some women choose to do it with hypnosis. Wow. Well, that's both brave and it's also wise, I guess, because it's any drugs in your body is not good, for, well, especially whilst your child's still there. Right. Exactly. And um, if you want to get put off an epidural, just have a look at the length of the needle. <laughs> exactly. Scary. <laughs> it is scary. It's, that's, that's, um, that's a big incentive as well. It's, um, gosh. So it's putting, it's, it's, um, it's harnessing your mind power then in a better way. And hypnosis, I guess, would allow us to harness the power of our minds. Absolutely. That's exactly what it does. Have you ever had anyone that has been too hard a case? Someone who um, has, you've been unable to hypnotize or unable to get through once they're in that state? Well, in the past 10 years, out of thousands of my clients, and I always love to be honest, uh, I've had four cases, and it was non-hypnotherapy. It was past life regression therapy that we were doing. But it's not that the individual wasn't able to get to the space. It was that they were just afraid. Their ego kept pulling them back. So they would go into the lifetime and pull themselves back. And they would go into the lifetime and pull themselves back. Or they would not allow themselves to. So I've had about four cases in the 10 years, but that's a very small percentage compared to the thousands that have successfully achieved healing. So talking about when someone wanting to go back to a previous life, and yeah, their, yeah. maybe their formal education and more importantly, their formal life, uh, their, their formal belief system mm -hmm. is preventing them. Is that the case? Yes. Okay. A lot of times, yes. A lot of times what past life regression therapy is truly helpful for is for individuals who have situations in their lives that they can't explain. Certain fears, certain limitations, or they're lost and they don't know what their purpose is. And going into the past lives, you're able to really tap into um, one case in particular, Most one of my most recent cases, um, the individual came in and we were really tapping into relationships and understanding why certain people exist in our life, why certain, uh, uh, why certain um, situations are present in our life, or she wanted to find out more about her purpose. And one thing that we did not address that she didn't even think it would be possible, so she didn't address it, but during the passive regression therapy, her subconscious brought it forth that during the, the therapy, she suddenly was witnessed a lifetime where she was in a vehicle and in water and she was drowning. And in that moment, while she was crying, she said, oh my God, I understand why I'm so afraid of dark waters. And we didn't even have that as part of our intentions for past love regression, but her subconscious was ready to face that lifetime and heal it. And so she was able to heal that so that that fear lost its power in a sense, if it's the 
the best way for me to say it. And so you can go back several lifetimes. Oh, many. Wow. In two hours, sometimes I can go through seven, 15 lifetimes with my clients or one or two. It just depends on the individual and how much detail they go into. I have clients who go into detail as such as the colors of the walls and what paintings are on the walls and where they are and describing to the T their clothing and shoes and if they're male or female and, and others, they go through it a lot quicker. So depending on the detail, amount of detail the individual goes into, we're able to go from one up to 10, 15 lifetimes even. That's amazing. That's- Two hours. It is amazing. Of course, this flies in the face of what I've been, how I've been brought up. <laughs> but um, in these karmic cycles, these, these lifetimes, it's what's always amazed me, or always amazed me as of in recent history, <laughs> is how small they, the people that I associate with in this lifetime are people I've associated with in other lifetimes. It's, it's like a, a year ago. <laughs> It's, um, I'm, I'm constantly surprised how, how, how little the circle is, the karmic cycles. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, but that's another story. But I guess you've seen this all the time, you know, where, where people, oh, well, I'll ask you directly. Um, with, with people that uh, do look back at the other, at the previous lifetimes, do they recognize anyone from their current lifetime? Yes. I honestly believe every individual we come across, we come across them in this lifetime or in future lifetimes is because they come from our family, soul family. Okay. So I, some people have big soul families as I'm blessed in this lifetime. I have a humongous soul family because every individual in the past 10 years that has come my way as clients, there's just this, there's such a deep connection right from the phone call that we have over the phone. And then my clients always come in and they say, from that first phone call, I felt so connected to you. <laughs> and I don't think that's an accident. To me, that's because our souls recognize each other. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. It's, it's, it's so deep, isn't it? Um, it is. And when you have a greater understanding, things become so much easier. Um, I've had about two years of someone trying to make me look bad or, you know, saying nasty things to me and turning people against me. But because I've accepted it, it's reduced my karmic burden, which means my next, next time around, it's going to be so much better. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many different ways of viewing things. It's not just as, <clears throat> it's not so simple. It's, well, it probably is simple, but you've got to accept a different viewpoint. Right. Spiritual right. brothers and spiritual. So the question you can ask is, what, well, what's karmically following? What happened in a past lifetime that this individual in this lifetime is well, choosing I must have, to do that? That's right. Now, I, I probably did something really nasty to this person, which is, you know, which is why things are happening now. But if I accept it, then the balance, balances are equal, and, and that's right. That. And so it's actually and a... The technique I could give you is just send that person love and light. Yeah. That's it. Just yeah. send them love and light because whatever it is, you can heal it in this lifetime by doing that. You don't need to repeat it in a future lifetime again or repeat it in this lifetime or for, you know, further that situation. You can just really 
tame it and heal it with love and light. So keep sending that person love and light. <laughs> like, like I warned you at the beginning of the summer, it's probably going to meander off in different directions. And now I've got sort of meandered off into a, into a bit of a, um, a side path. <clears throat> There's a belief which I, <clears throat> excuse me, which I have forgiveness. Someone does something very bad to me or, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> it's a bad time to start talking a lot. Um, <clears throat> I have, well, I have, that is the body language right there. <clears throat> The throat center, the expression center is being affected, which is connected to forgiveness, whether we're not able to express how we feel or what we think. Mm. But you just had a body language right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I needed a science, scientist, scientific viewpoint on that. Uh, yeah, there's a forgiveness script which you read out. And you read it, and you mean it, and you put you, you you extend that to the person. It could be anywhere, and it could be someone who's causing real harm to you. But the reflection on yourself is quite pronounced, and and in forgiving them, it makes a lot th things a lot better for yourself. Right. And so this is the anger which you were talking about before, and anger can be such a nasty negative emotion. Right. This person's got it in, in truckloads, but I'm not going to own it, and I forgive them for hating me. And so yeah. I, I give, I say this script. It's, it's a, it's a, um, there's a term for it, but it's, it's, it's part of a belief system which I've taken on, which I, which I truly think is real, and it changes things. If you have someone that's attacking you verbally, and then you, you do this for about a week, then things change. There is a change. And so when you talked in the very early stages of the summer about fear mm -hmm. and anger, and, um, and it's a huge driving, negative driving force. If you can bypass those through hypnosis, it's an immensely powerful tool, immensely powerful. Okay. Wow, and talking to people that have been in, you know, uh, about their previous lives. That's incredible. There's, um, there's a person, uh, there's, a, there's a couple who've become pregnant from a child that was a dog in their previous life. I know there's three temples that we go to and this one temple um, helped make this happen. Have you ever had this with people that you've put under meditation, uh, under hypnosis where they've, seen previous lives as animals yes absolutely okay i myself have as well <laughs> yes uh, that too is possible they say <laughs> that dogs are the closest to the human was it a dog that you were you recall were you a more of a lion <laughs> wow Remind me. I do believe because I have my dog and he's right here next to me. And sometimes I look into my dog's eyes and truly it's like an, a soul is looking back at you. It's like, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just such a beautiful, they're just so pure and wonderful. <laughs> Kamala said it's usually a wolf that you have in previous life. A wolf and dogs are kind of from the same lineage. So, yeah, wolf, wow, wow. Well, dogs came from wolves. That's, so. that's right. <laughs> so if you're a, a lot of the previous life, I guess people would be pretty scared to cross you. 
<laughs> you get riled up. <laughs> Watch it. I was a lion. I've still got part of it still in me. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on to our show. It's been fantastic having you with us. I'm, I'm so happy that we've um, talked about not just the hypnosis and meditation, but also about um, when we've been incarnated into other lives. You never really touched on that on Sama before. Right. Never more than one sentence. It's so interesting. Um, so thank you for that. And um, thank you for me. Now, uh, before we go, can we just put a positive spin on the Sama? It's always nice sure. to leave the, as you say, in the day on a positive note. Well, let's end the Sama on a positive note. What is something that anyone can do? using the techniques that you have learned to improve their lives? Well, there's so many, but I'll just start with, because I always believe in the healing must happen from within. So truly, and I know 99.9% .9 of the population has this issue is how judgmental and mean we could be to ourselves internally, how we internally abuse ourselves. Yes. And so one thing I'll invite for the listeners to do is start practicing being kinder to the self, having a more kind, loving relationship within yourself. Great. That's lovely. And just before we go, you've written a book. Do you have the book with you? Yes, I do. It's actually, um, I have to go get it. Let me oh, go get okay. it. Okay, this is fine. It's fine. If, if, I, if I'm giving free reign during a summer. Okay, Chris is back with us. <laughs> I'm back, and here's my book, Living Through Choice Transform Fears to Love. And anyone can find it from Amazon and Barnes and Noble online. And I'm actually currently working on putting it on Audible. So people can listen to it as well, because I know at least Los Angeles, people are so busy. No one has the time to physically pick up a book and read it. So <laughs> more people are doing audible books, including myself. Yeah. Yes. It's the way life is now, isn't it? Everything's in short snippets. If it, and and yeah. reading, gosh, I, I love reading too. Um, yes, I do too. I still am very much connected to the physical, yeah. but if we don't have the time, Audible is the way to go. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for your time. It's been fantastic. Thank you for having us. me. Okay, you take care. Bye-bye. Thank you too. Bye. Bye-bye.